Okay. Here we are again, all three of us. Sean, welcome back. Did you, you saw Colleen last week, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was in the, I was in her neighborhood. So we stopped by a coffee shop, did, did a little bit of programming. And you came to the DFW airport and you couldn't bring yourself to have like an eight hour layover, huh? So we could hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just, uh, just waving as I went by. <laughs> how was the, how were the travels? Yeah. So I, uh, I was on the, on the flight to Dallas. I was in the middle of, I like, I drank a whole bunch of coffee and then I decided to get some water to stay hydrated. And then of course we hit really bad turbulence for the rest of the trip. So my, my bladder was like, like, I mean, I, I barely made it. Like I was in agony by the time we landed and then I landed and then like, it was so bad. Like I went to finally go and it just like, no, I don't it was like, it. Nope. No, no, no. It was like, nope, not, <laughs> you're still, it's not coming. It's like it decided I had like whatever muscles are keeping that from happening. It just decided, are you sure? Are you sure it's time now? And like, not really sure. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> I went, I went like three times at the airport. <laughs> it's like had that much anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the tra- that, travels were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It went, it went well. <laughs> well, welcome back. Not not really the story I expected, but welcome back. <laughs> I mean, I think the last time that happened to me was I was like 15 and it was like the first time I ever had alcohol. I was in Germany on like a a wine tasting tour and I, I had like a whole bunch of different, you know, white wine or whatever. And then we got on the bus and I didn't, you know, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. And the bus had bathrooms, but they were no, but they were they were shut down. And like I had to go so bad that actually I made the entire bus, the entire tour bus, had to stop for me so that I could go. <laughs> so that I could go. I was having, I haven't thought of that memory in so long, except for in Dallas. I was, I was reminded of that. <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed Dallas. <laughs> it's lovely here. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the smooth transition from that is, but uh... there's not really. So <laughs> the <laughs> we're working on just the final touches of getting the two things playing together, right? So I just have. Yeah. On my side, I need to fix a thing because you, you, I think I understand the full story now. What it ended up happening was for the option condition, which is like this drop down with the different choices that you could mm-hmm. pick, the whether it's a multi select or not, we were sort of using hard coded clauses, which will make sense to people who end up using the product if, without the background. It's kind of hard to understand what that means. But basically, we had sort of like, hard-coded some situations where you would end up with the multi-select didn't make sense needed added to the configuration and uh that ended up causing a few changes to the api which is no big deal we just have to change the data to make the test pass and then change some props so that way we pass that stuff down 
everywhere. Yeah. So taking, but that's, I think, I think something that was like implicit, like, well, make it a multiple when it's one of these clauses and changing it to be explicit to say, make it a multiple when I tell you it's a multiple, like backend talking to front end. I feel like that's kind of the, the high level of what we're doing. Um, yeah. Like if we're saying, Hey, choose one of these things in this list, keyword mm-hmm. being in, then it's like, Oh yeah, that should be a multi select versus just a single select. Mm-hmm. Um, but their words could change. The clause ID could change. So, so whatever There's multitude of reasons to not have that hard coded yeah. like that. So, but oh, yeah, it seems and, to be going good, right on your end. Yeah, it's going, it's going great. I have been, working frantically this past week um just on so i'm working on on basically on two fronts one is keith had a a, like a maybe six or seven bullet points of things that he found either confusing or missing which is like awesome super great very grateful that he wrote them all up so i've been working on those things and then on the other front i've been integrating Laravel with view. And so there's a whole set of, there's a whole set of other things. It's like, well, this needs to actually be tweaked now that I'm using it, you know, as a developer would be using it with the front end. And so I've just been making tons and tons of changes. Um, and you know, since you were gone last week, I was just kind of like, just, you know, donkey stomping all over the whole front end, just making changes willy nilly. So sorry about that. But, um, now we're getting them, you know, we're starting to get it integrated and I'm super pleased with how it's going, but it, it has been a whole lot. I've probably got, I don't know, 30 commits to the Laravel one and maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 to the view one. Um, but I'm feeling really good about it. I don't feel like there are any fundamental, like fundamentally broken things. Like we haven't messed up any paradigms. It's just the last like, a uh, little fiddly stuff that needs to be changed. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good about it. It's just a whole, it's been a whole lot this past week. Um, but it's the kind of work that like, I don't know. It's the kind of work that feels good where you're not like, it doesn't feel like a slog because every time I, you know, every time I change something like this, I see it on the screen working. It's not just like, you know, some other unit test passed. It's like, Oh, I can click these buttons and suddenly it's working again. So, it's been a lot of work, but it hasn't been demoralizing like it has been in the past. So that's actually one of the things I'm trying to get us to do at work for working on product, like features, etc. is <clears throat> prioritizing getting things hooked up to a UI as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's because smart. of that feedback loop. Because even if you're going to be doing a ton of work, that's just API and that's, you know, um, and in theory, you know, you should be writing tests and like, that'll be what actually, you know, covers the, the features to make sure that it's doing what you intended to do still for the human being that's actually writing it. It's so much more helpful to actually see things running and then also seeing things running equals like we have another rule where when you release a feature you have to write a do a demo video and the demo Mm -hmm. video even if nobody sees it every time almost every time i find a bug or i find a thing where i'm like that makes no sense and just that process of actually interacting with it 
is super I duper really, helpful. Yeah, I like that. Um, prioritizing for time to UI is not something I've ever done, but I think that's a very smart concept. And for the demo video thing, I found the same thing, not with demo videos, but with writing the documentation. I'd be writing something and I'd find myself explaining it, like over explaining it because it was confusing. And then just thinking, well, this is stupid. I just need to change. I just need to change the implementation. So it's not hard documentation to write. Um, that's been extremely helpful for me. Yeah. That sounds like kind of the same thing fundamentally, which is you have to describe it to somebody, Mm -hmm. show somebody how it works, do it through the docs, do it through a demo video, either way that for whatever reason that going, looking at the product through that lens shows more things than you were seeing before. Yeah. Big time. Um, so did you get to work on piping all the stuff through last night? And I think the last thing you might have is packaging. Is that the last thing? That's right. Yeah. So no, I didn't get it done last night. I got the tests running and then started working on that and then just watched some Seinfeld and went to bed and then, Oh, nice. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, Beth and I are rewatching it. It's fun. That show is hilarious. This show is hilarious. Colleen, do you watch it? I mean, I watched it, it, what, 15 years ago. I like the idea of rewatching it, though. It's still so good. It's still hilarious. It still holds up. Still holds up. And now watching it while simultaneously watching the new Curb Your Enthusiasm as they release, it's basically, I don't know if y'all watch Curb, but it's basically Seinfeld, but a little bit darker. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's the exact same thing. Larry David is just twice as cynical as Seinfeld is. And man, (laughs) it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so Seinfeld aside, yes, uh, that's all I have left is to do the, do the package. Well, the package is done, right? But it's just to, it's just including this one. I'm still, I haven't looked at it yet. That's still where I'm at. Yeah. Is I just have the one library. I have to figure out how to exclude. So I'll come back to that after I fix up your prop thing. That way you can keep running with that. And then I'll come back to that. And this week is a little slower at work, so I should have some more energy in the evenings than normal. So I think I'll actually get a few more things done. Very cool. Well, welcome back. I don't think you were here last week, but I was telling Colleen basically the same thing about how pumped I am integrating this stuff and how, like how good it feels like we've, we've got the thing and I'm really very pleased with it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun to be at that step. So, and then also Dave is working on the React side. So mm-hmm. that's progressing. Um, it's looking awesome. Dave and I think the same way about React mm-hmm. stuff. So that's... That, I noticed that in the in the chat the other day. You guys were totally on the same page. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, because there was the view thing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I can complain about view. So what we wanted to do was, so what we let you do is provide the name of your component in the, when you're creating the filter. So if you don't provide it, tell me if this is right or wrong. I'm pretty sure if you don't provide it, we just load ours. If you do provide it, then like, say you wanted to have a custom date selector, you like your date selector widget better or whatever. You just write your own little component. It's pretty straightforward. We have a renderless component. You just build your own with, use your own date picker. You can use ours as an example. You build it, and then um, 
what we want to let you do is for you to just put the name of your component as a string in the filter on the back end, which is a common pattern in Laravel and like Nova lets you do this, et cetera. So then in order for me to load your component instead of mine, be in React, the, so the first thing I thought was, oh, we'll just pass it down as props. So you can provide your component as props and it will just override whatever components we were going to render. That's the first thing I thought of in React because like the the other way to do it was be to like share a global namespace, which in fact is what turns out you have to do in Vue. Like cuz then Vue requires you to register the component. You can't just dynamically load a component into um a Vue component. That Vue component has to know about that component before it can use it. And so there's two ways to do that. You can do it in the component itself which is what I do for our components. Um, and then you can also do it globally. So the only choices our users will have to register their component globally. And then um, we, we have now have to just prefix all of our um, component names with like refine because we're basically we're in the global namespace. We don't want like to define the text input component when you probably want to name yours text input. Ours would not we would name it. We named it text input, or we named it data input. Probably a common component name. We would not conflict with your namespace as it stands because we're importing it locally and using it there. But if we have to pull yours from the global namespace, which we do, we're effectively sharing that namespace with you. So we have to namespace it. And I'm annoyed by that because that's irritating. Because like I um, have all this. That's why we have import statements and like let us like not have to share namespaces with people, but effectively we have one global namespace with our particular library in view. But uh, Dave and I both had the same exact thought on how we would do it in React, and that's that's nice to know that we're easily on the same page with most yeah. of the stuff. All this code I've seen so far is like check looks good. So yeah, that's going great. Yeah, that was funny to me because I was. I'm not a React developer, never have been. I'm very much a straight down the middle view Laravel developer. And so I was like, yeah, you just register it and it's available globally. And you guys were both like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's uh, apparently a quirk. But um, yeah, it's weird that we're not in the global namespace, but you could never override ours unless we change the name. So you're right. It's like, well, we're we're not polluting the namespace, but you can't you can't win. We'll always yeah. win cuz we're the local import. Yes, we are effectively sharing the global namespace. It's yes. It's it's a little bit it's annoying. It's not like ideal, but it's fine. It's not it's really not a bad problem at all. I wonder but if that's how like Vue 3 surprising. is. I would imagine that's probably the same in Vue 3 seems like a pretty fundamental change. Yeah, that would be hard to Although I was unwind. like, maybe maybe with the composition API, you could use a hook instead or something. Or I, I, I was like, but how would that? That's not a complete thought. I don't actually know how that would help us. But like, <laughs> sort of like, a, maybe that works differently. It lets you connect differently. I don't know. But it's not anything that's worth solving. It's easy enough to just do it the way we're doing it. So Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else on your side, Sean? Nope. Nothing, nothing about that. 
Colleen, what's going on with you? Let's see. Lots you were of- burning the midnight oil last night, I think. Yeah, I just, I was in it, so I just wanted to keep going. I mean, I've been in the front end for like 12 hours, and it's just, Oof. I just want to be done <laughs> with the stimulus turbo stuff. Um, so I changed it. So I've been working on the save filter thing. So mm-hmm. what I've done is I've created a save filter dropdown, and it's nested within a criterion. So the save filters are going to be on a, for now, as like, a, as we discussed, like, just a proof of concept first step. The safe filters are going to be in the blueprint per criterion, like the date, re- like the refinements. So they're going to sit in a criterion, like the refinement, and execute that way. Anyway, um, so the save the pointer to the saved filter or the entire the blueprint filter ID of- that no, I'm sorry, Got I'm it. not being okay. very clear. So the so what what's going to happen? For now, is a user can go to product, make a complete, fully fleshed out product filter. Then mm-hmm. if they want to go to contacts, they'll be able to add a save filter. So if they want to say, I want all contacts with that have email address Colleen and, you know, meet this product filter. Okay, that's a bad example. But um And have purchased a product it's, in it's this like product Colleen's favorite thank you. Colleen's favorite things. Yeah. And have purchased a product filter. So the product filter is then going to present as a dropdown in that mm-hmm. single line item. And then when it's sent back in the blueprint, it's mm-hmm. going to be the ID of that particular product filter is going to come back in the blueprint. And then the query will be executed as the query will be executed. So it's like, it's a lot. That's and I, incredible. It's going to be great. And I feel like I'm so close. And I think I mentioned last night, I realized that I wasn't nesting because the way the input is coming in right now mm-hmm. is the date refinement isn't nested in the input, but my tests have it nested in the input. And you said that's what right. you have in view. Mm-hmm. So this morning I had to, last night, this morning I had to fix that. And so I think it's going to be really cool and it's coming together. And I feel like I'm on the precipice of getting this all to work together. So yeah. Having those saved filters is incredibly powerful. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. There's still I well, yeah, it's going to be really cool. There's there's a lot going on here, but I think it's going to be it's going to be really great. Um and it's super close. I don't know if I'll finish it this week. I'm hoping, but that might be a little ambitious, so it might need another yeah. week, but getting pretty close, so I think that'll be really neat. Really fun. Cool. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have that. I have that at at work in the, you know, version zero, the original one. But we don't have that in Laravel. So I'll, I want to pair with you for a little bit and figure out how you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it should it should be really good. So cool. That's what's up. Yeah. What else? I mean, that's it. It's a lot <laughs> taking up. I mean, there's a couple things that I've like, I've experienced. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to, for now, again, and I'm not really taking feedback, I'm going to allow the developer, <laughs> <laughs> just feel like I should preface that with this. I'll take Noted. feedback next week. No feedback this week. Yes. Take my so answer I, off the air. <laughs> so for now, I'm going to allow the developer to specify the 
the relationship path to the saved filter. And the reason I'm doing that is at first, I thought this would be super cool if I could recursively uh, go through all of the relationships and find the path. Um, But I'm finding that it's not as straightforward as I thought it would be. And so that might be a future improvement, but for now they're going to specify it. So they're going to say, hey, if you're searching contacts, I want contacts to be able to also search all the product filters. And then they would just just create the path. So that's, I think, the, the most efficient and un- easy to understand way to use them. So I'm so close. I really want to get it working. Like, it's like, oh, I feel like I I, you're I'm not, super I know close. you're not taking feedback, but <laughs> that seems feedback. great. Okay. Uh, that seems that's, totally great to me. Okay. So I'll I take that, that feedback. kind of feedback is allowed. Yeah. That's one of my, I steal that phrase. Now that is my phrase. I'm not taking feedback on this at the moment. I will use that in the future. Oh, so it's really exciting because I feel like I'm really close. And you know, this is the last piece, guys, like for the client. I mean, there's a million. Okay. This isn't the last piece. There's still <laughs> tons of work. There's going to be a ton, but this is the last hard, in my opinion, this is mm-hmm. maybe the second to last really like hard technical piece. And then it's just improve it and, you know, stuff like that. Integrate but, but it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this is the last really hard technical piece and it feels like it's getting close. Um, so that feels good. I mean, honestly, though, like it, it's really good. I spent so much time building out that. Uh, saved filter drop down because I haven't had a whole lot of exposure to the front end. Mm-hmm. And now I feel much more comfortable with it. So, you know, I had to get there eventually, but it does, it did feel like a slog. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. well, you know, when it's new, you're like, why is it this very, even Sean and I were pairing and, you know, I'm so much faster with Sean there to help me, but like just passing the variables around, it was like, why is it this variable going where it's supposed to be? So, that's a- that's the stupid hotwire stuff. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's, like- it's stimulus. Stimulus is like, okay, stimulus for like little one-off tiny pieces of JavaScript logic that you need to throw in your app. It's great. This is like beyond where we should be using stimulus. However, I mean, I, it's cool because Rails people are going to be able to just do this without adding dependencies, which is awesome. But man, was it a stretch to do this with that tech? Like... But anyway, you end up like some of the dumb things about stimulus are like, and this happens even when you're writing small things, but the larger the thing is, the more this stuff comes up. But it's like, you have to get the names of your, um, like, like a stimulus controller basically allows you to pass it params, some values, and you have to like match up the names of the controller, the names of the params, and the names of the params have to match up with the definition in the JavaScript file. So you're setting data attributes on the element and you also have to set these names in the JavaScript file and that you have to get them like exactly, exactly the same. And then it's confusing because in one hand it says value and in the other, you're not supposed to put value or there's just basically all kinds of little tiny gotchas. Once you get it all set up, then it's fine. But if you did what like Colleen and I did, which is um, kind of in the middle of her thought in the code, we were like, adding some stuff and so we ended up with like she had used one word i was using another word and so we're writing code with the one word and she's writing code with the other word and it wasn't matching up and then there's no clear when that happens it's not like super obvious why <laughs> like <laughs> it's not it takes that a little bit sucks. to figure out 
which piece is not lined up perfectly. It's like rails is like that too. A little bit. You're like, once you get the pieces lined up perfectly, then it just works and it's great. But is this the whole convention thing? Like if you just don't follow the convention exactly, you get off. It's a little more wiring up and stimulus than I would call a convention, but also, yes, it's a little bit of that too. It's not bad. I'm not saying stimulus is bad. I really like it as a tool, but it's just, there's a few little quirks and things like that. You are saying hot wire is bad though, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> really? I really like it. <laughs> just not no, for what I, we're doing. Yeah, no, it's absolutely the wrong tool for this. No, I really like hot wire. I really like that. Um, I'm glad that we have that as a tool. Like everything, all the, the frames and turbo stuff, um, and sockets like broadcasting for models and stimulus is a, a useful little tool and plays really well with all those things. Yeah, it's great. It's super useful and it's the wrong tool for this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is way too much, way too much, uh, client side stuff. I mean, we've I've basically mimicked what I would do in like a react or view application in Hotwire. Like we have, I have to like basically figure out how to manage state and like kind of flow it through the whole thing with knowing that like I'm having to go back to the server to like re-render these template templates. It's not, it, it would be like, it's the same thing. We've had this conversation before on this podcast, but it's like, if you have the state in the front end, then it just doesn't make any sense to do hotwire. But if it's, if you could keep it in the back end, it all makes a lot of sense. And in our case, we can't keep it in the back end. That's just not how this works. Um, yeah. It would have been been real weird to wire it up that way. So here we go. We just basically re-implemented how I would have done this in view <laughs> stimulus. Yeah. So the Colleen's got to like understand how all that works. Yeah. It's a learning curve. Yeah. Should we talk about live wire? Sure. Yeah. We could talk about that. So I think, yeah, it's cool. It'd be cool to have a live wire front end. I think we should not do it till we've set some number of licenses between us that we agree that we will have sold before we add a new front end because adding more front ends equals more maintenance, more time, like in terms of like a distraction from the other stuff that we could be doing to actually sell licenses for all the front ends that we do have. Like if we have few hotwire react and rails and Laravel, I think this is enough. We can press pause, sell some number of licenses, and then say, okay, we'll add the Livewire front end and go after this. Because we're doing this for an integration reason, right? Like it's fit some admin panel or there's um, some reason. It does fit an admin panel that's very good called Filament. It also fits another admin panel, I believe, called Lean. But they have their own kind of filters. Um, but also a number of people on our waiting list are just using Livewire and Alpine um, as their front end. Sure. Yeah, so we should do it. I think we should just not do it right now because there's a lot to learn between now and selling, say, 10 licenses. What will it all look like between now and then, which could be one month from now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not saying forever, but just like get a few people onboarded, working with Vue and Laravel, and then see what that equals in terms of changes. And then we could build the Livewire version and it will include all that stuff. 
um, versus having to add the maintenance to it. That's that's what I think. What do you think? Colleen, you go first. I'm comfortable with waiting a month. I I think that oh the I mean the burden is going to be on you, Aaron, and so taking on additional front ends absolutely is you know, just going to add to the things we have to manage. And we are managing a lot right now. I don't want to wait six months, but if you want to wait a month or two, get a couple of people onboarded, um, that's probably, that's probably smart. I agree. Um, so I think I agree with one caveat that I think the Livewire version might take a while. Um, so, I don't know. So the guy that the guy that wrote this admin panel, um, Filament, is available for like five or six hours a week mm. to work for us, which is not very much. Okay. And so, um, while I totally agree that we don't want to, you know, like we don't want to do too much, um, I. I don't want the lead time on Livewire to be too long. And given that he doesn't have a ton of time, which is, you know, new information for y'all, given that he doesn't have a ton of time, I would maybe consider getting him started now. Um, just because I feel like it's going to take him a long, long time with that kind of availability. So with new information, new thoughts, same thoughts. If we, what if it turns out that there's a gigantic demand for Vue and React plus Laravel and it's enough to be an entire business in and of itself? And it's a huge amount of work to like just deal with those three things. Um,. Okay. And when would we know that that might happen? Right. So if I spend, so like, say I've got, I'm going to put money into this myself. So that way we can, like, I'm going to just take, this is how I'm going to contribute to this is with money, not my time. So let's say it's like 5,000 bucks or whatever, or Mm 10,000 bucks. Let's say 10,000. I have no idea how much it's going to be. So like, turns out we could use that money for like help with the Laravel and view uh, view bugs that are coming up mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, coming out as fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying there's some uncertainty in spending the time and resources on it right now. And maybe there's a few weeks from now, less uncertainty. I'm on board with that. That seems, that seems completely reasonable to me. Um, so do we want to set a number, like you said, a number of licenses? So let's say that Laravel and Vue 2 and React, that's big enough to be a million dollars a year. Let's just say a lot of money. With those made-up numbers, I think I would still like to pursue a Livewire version Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that answers, I don't know if that answers the question you asked, but if 
what we have now is big enough for a big business, I still think it makes sense to do Livewire and View 3, which are, you know, two more front ends. Um, and, you know, depending on how far we want to go, I think it makes sense to do Prisma, which is a different backend as well. I mean, that's, that's way down the road because um, nobody's really asking for that right now. We haven't tapped into the JavaScript ecosystem at all, but I think I see us, if we make a million dollars off of this, expanding the empire even more but i yeah. agree that we don't need I would to do, do it, it. we don't need to do it right now so maybe but even then though that's like not, probably not the only choices on our plate right it could also be do another component it could also be sure yeah I, I guess no matter what the scenario is like a little more information would be good the thing that the thing is committing to another front end is committing to some certain amount of maintenance costs. Yes. Time and money. Yes. And so forever. I mean that's kind of that's kind of the contract we're making with customers is we're here to support this. That's why it's different than open source. So adding React has doubled our maintenance costs on the front end. Anytime we need to do anything, add a new feature, fix a bug, probably we're doing it in two places. Mm-hmm. So we're going to increase that by 50% by adding another front end. So we just don't, I doesn't feel like the right time to grow into yet another front end, but it, the time could be fast upon us. Like I don't sure. think it has to be with the wait forever, but say we sell five licenses and we're like, this is going smoothly. It's incredibly easy. This is fitting perfectly for what people need. We're solving all their problems. We don't have a lot of customization that we have to do. It's not a lot of bugs. It's just working. If we get that with five people, like adding it, then fine. We add another front end. No big deal. Because then we could start pushing into other, like to integrations and and like really pushing our mm-hmm. marketing, trying to get sell more. That would make sense to me then. Okay. And even uh, then, the question will be like, should I spend my money on that or should I spend my money on marketing? Should I spend my money on and my time on marketing and more sales for the stuff that we do have. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. I'm fine. I'm fine waiting until we sell a certain number of licenses for the stuff that we've got. And the stuff that we've got also covers Laravel Nova, which is, you know, I would have to write the Nova integration, but that'll be small. Um, That's by far the biggest Laravel admin panel that there is. So it's not like we're missing out on the biggest admin panel. We're certainly not. Um, yep. So what do we want to say? Do we want to reevaluate end of January and, or when we hit 10 licenses? I'd say we say five licenses. Okay. And then decide if like, like five people actually like actively using it and it's integrated. Okay. That's enough for me. Yep. So it seems reasonable to be like, then at that point we can decide five more or go for it. Okay. We'll reassess live wire at five licenses sold. Colleen. Good. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Um, speaking of Prisma, somebody reached out to me, um, on Twitter. I think I told you this Colleen. It's, uh, Cam Sloan that you interviewed on. Oh yeah. Uh, Software was on the Social. podcast. Yes. Yeah. He reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm using, you know, I've built kind of a, a query builder for my product. Um, 
it's node. I don't know if you want to like take a look at it. It's, you know, it's kind of hacked together, but I'd be willing to show you. It's like, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, we've talked about Prisma being, you know, the way into the JavaScript ecosystem. And he was like, oh, I'm actually using Prisma. So this may be helpful. So I'm having a call with him later today because he was just like, hey, I'll show you around if you want. And I said, yes, that sounds wonderful. Nice. So I know next to nothing about Prisma. So it will be interesting to learn how people use it. Um, but I've seen it all over the place. I think they have a ton of money, like $80 million or something. Like investment money? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. Cool. Anything from you, Aaron? Anything else? Um, I'm currently doing an indie hackers AMA. Right. The one, yeah. So they reached out to me on, on Twitter a couple, maybe a month ago and asked if I would want to do one. And I said, sure. Um, I'm a little bit confused because I just, the, (laughs) the, the prompt was, um, go to indie hackers and, you know, make a post and put AMA at the end. And so I've done that and I reached back out to him and said, okay, I've, I've done that. Now what? And I haven't heard anything. And so it looks like I just, decided on my own to do an AMA, which is a little bit aggressive and <laughs> a little bit presumptuous. <laughs> so I feel, I feel kind of like a doofus. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that they do something and, you know, pan it or tweet about it or. Did you uh, um, hit up our indie hackers contact in Slack? No, I didn't. He helped somebody with this the last time too. It was okay. Me. Okay. He helped me. Yeah. Now. He helped me last time. So you should ask him. I think though that yeah, if they asked you, they're gonna tweet you or pin it or email it to their people or something. Yeah, I hope so because I'm uh, real out there right now, just looking like a dummy. <laughs> um, so hopefully <laughs> something happens. Um, and I've had two people message me. And say, hey, do you have any invite codes for indie hackers? I want to ask a question. And I don't. I don't have any invite codes. I looked. I don't have anything. So, again, double doofus. I'm like, I, I, can't, inv- I can't invite you. I don't know how you get That's invite weird. codes. That's weird. They I don't should have, have given any. you invite codes. Yeah. I know. Bizarre. I know. Well, we'll see. I'll reach out. I actually don't know who our friend in Slack is. So you'll have to tell me offline who that person is yes, so that I can oh, reach okay. out to them. Um, Cause yeah, I'm just, I'm just out here <laughs> looking like, <laughs> looking like I really wanted to do an AMA. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing really other than that. Um, cool. Oh, next week. Oh, I'm out for two weeks and you guys are oh. kind of Sean. Yeah. Sean, you said you're taking this two weeks off, so I am. But I, I fully expect that after a certain amount of time of doing nothing, which I intend to do, I will really, really, really want to work on this work. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that already happened. That happened over Thanksgiving, where I took like a day or two just playing video games and hanging out with family and stuff, and then I was like, oh, I need to keep doing that. And then after a couple of days, oh yeah, I took like five days off. Then after like three days of that, then I was like. Oh yeah, and I actually like did some work and wanted to work on stuff. Re-energized, sure. Yes. Well, I will not be available because we are driving up the coast to yeah Yosemite, Yosemite. 
So we'll be we'll be off grid, as it were, off grid with you know an iPhone and a laptop, right, and two iPads and a bunch. Kind of off grid. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, seems like it'll I be will. cold. Won't it be cold? Yeah, it'll be cold. Hopefully, there's snow. Fun. Yeah, we'll see, but hope so. Yeah, I'll be around, but I will be trying not to work. Um, okay. So I'll be trying to finish up this integration stuff, and once we get once we get all the the view package built, I can um, do one last final proof that it all works together, and then reach out to uh, that guy Neil. Let me reach out to him today and just see if we can set up some time to just talk through his app even before then. Yeah, good idea. Because like, we're not look. If I could just string together three hours of coherent thinking, we'd be done basically on my end. Perfect. Yeah, I'll reach out to him today and see if I can set up a time um, just to at least talk about it. All good. Anything else? Awesome. Sounds great. All right. We'll end it there. Okay.